You're listening to the Grind Hours Podcast. At the wall! See ya! See ya! Hello and welcome to the Grind Hours Podcast for Valentine's Day, February 14th, 2023. Recording this just after 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Nick, happy Valentine's Day, my friend. Happy Valentine's Day, Joe. That's the voice of Nick Paradis, who joins me every single week after a football game. And Nick, sadly, it's the last football game of twenty of the 2022-23 season. So this is the last wrapping up that we have to do. But at least it was a good football game that we're, that we're wrapping up and we're talking about. Good until the... We'll, we'll get into that later. We will get into that later. Um, that was the... I'm sure it was the... Talk of every group chat around America, the the flag, it was uh, highly contested in ours, and no one in our group chat is a Chiefs or an Eagles fan. Well, Tim is. Tim's oh, Tim's an Eagle fan. Yeah, Tim was Tim was quite depressed by the result of all that. He was. I didn't uh, know that Tim was an. I I don't know why I thought Tim was like a Bengal fan or something like that. I mean, he's a he's a little interesting with the teams that he roots for. He kind of he kind of plays the field a little bit, but now he's all in <laughs> on the Eagles. But it, anyway. it was rough for him. But uh, as far as me, I mean, I you're never gonna see me carrying water for the Eagles. You're never gonna see me shedding tears for the Eagles. Certified Eagle hater over on this end. But that said, it's with the last that two said, minutes of the game, let yeah. him play. I, I, I we'll we will get into that because that is top that is uh, a hot topic. But yeah. given that this is probably the last Super Bowl wrapping up show, like just anywhere in the country, this is the ankle game. I don't care what people say. This game will go down as the ankle game. And Mahomes, I'm just gonna run through the three Super Bowls that he's played. All right, Super Bowl Fifty Four. 26 for 42, 286, two touchdowns, two picks. Super Bowl 55, 26 for 49, 270, two picks. This past Super Bowl, Super Bowl 57, 21 for 27, 182, and three touchdowns. I mean, it, it, it was an amazing, gutsy spectacular performance out of him obviously you just mentioned three touchdowns no picks on the big stage guy who's been there before didn't didn't throw as much as in the other two which kind of surprised me but I guess it shouldn't have because Pacheco was really running the ball well most of the night at that and they didn't have the ball for like the entire first half. I think they had the ball for eight minutes in, right. the, in the first half. That, I mean, that's essentially uh, that's essentially 180 yards. It's probably 150 of it was just in the second quarter. Right. I mean the, the third uh, second half. Excuse me. You know what I mean. But yes. But it it it's, it was an incredible performance out of him. Andy Reid, you know the 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 mastery of the game plan to make the the halftime adjustments. I mean the Eagles. It was a totally different Chiefs team that came out of the locker room after halftime. And the Eagles were, were essentially the same team. It didn't look like they made a whole lot of adjustments. Nick, what did we say last week? What was my argument to you as to why I would get the ball after halftime? 
You want to, you want to set the tone for the second half. And you wanted- I wanted to give the guy who was there before the ball at the second half because he knows what it's like to go under a Super Bowl halftime. And lo and behold, Chiefs defer to the second half. And, and look at you. Coming away, right. coming away smelling like roses. It was a, it was a great pull out of you. I mean, and bo- actually both of us were right. Because we both predicted the Super Bowl correctly. Now, the score wasn't what we predicted. I think you were closer with the score. But, sorry, Eagle fans, we were correct. And we were correct for part of it with the Eagles. It was a close game. And we both said, if it's a close game, we lean Eagles. I was really hoping that uh, it would go to overtime so I could be right on that prediction. We were so close. Yeah, well... Whatever. And again, we will get to that in in the second part of this podcast. But right. now comes the legacy questions. What does this mean for LeBron's legacy? N- n- no, sorry, <laughs> Skip. We're not doing that. It's, can the Chiefs repeat? Can we have a repeat champion for the first time in about 20 years? I'm going to say... It's a two-part question. Can they repeat? Yes. Will they repeat? I'm going to say no, just because, like you said, we haven't seen it in 20 years. But if any team is equipped to do it, it's this one. I mean, they've already been to two in a row in recent memory. They've got the best quarterback in football right now, one of the best quarterbacks ever, one of the best coaches in the game, a young roster. I I was mentioning to to you and, and John in the chat, only 10 of the guys from this year's Super Bowl team were on the last Chiefs championship. Right. And it's a transition year. Sky Moore, Isaiah yeah. Pacheco. Pacheco's a seventh rounder. As good Rutgers stand up, but he's a seventh round pick. I'm for, I'm blanking on the, the second corner um, that they have for Kansas City, but he's also a seventh round pick. Joshua this, Williams, a, I believe. I believe. I would have to double-check that. But he is seventh-round pick. This is a transition year. They weren't supposed to win. Nick Bolton, who had the big fumble recovery touchdown, almost had another one. He's a young player. Right. You know? That's the lesson in team building for a lot of – excuse me, for a lot of these organizations. Get the big positions right. Get your leaders. I mean – you look at who's still there from the last one. It's Mahomes. It's Kelsey. It's Chris Jones. It's Frank Clark. It's Butker. It's these big, important guys on the team, these guys who are leaders on the team. The rest of it, you can change it out, and as long as you have that consistency, you're going to be able to make it work. Yeah, you're 1,000% right about that. And the... The thing is, I picked the Chiefs to go over their win total. I, for, I think it was like 10 and a half or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I did that was because nobody, nobody was really like, oh yeah, hey, the Chiefs. We still believe in the Chiefs. And it was weirdly like an unsexy pick this year. No, it was. And that's like, I don't think that that should happen. Because, again, it's the Chiefs. Like, 
I, I don't know what to say. And if you look at I the the, the reason I don't think they will repeat, although I, like I said, I, I definitely agree they can. As you look at the AFC, I think the AFC is a lot more of a gauntlet to get through right now. I mean, you would assume Cincinnati is going to be back in the mix. You would assume Buffalo is going to be back in the mix. Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence, they looked really good toward the end of the year. You really don't know who's going to be. like. There's going to be one or two teams where it's just like, oh, why were we wrong? Right. That that happens in every sport. Maybe Aaron Rodgers-led Jets, perhaps. Well, listen. Rodgers won't hear this because he's in the midst of his darkness retreat. I, I believe it's like hour 28 of his darkness retreat. Yes. But um, I don't want Rodgers coming here. You don't? I might, I might be alone. I, I, I've, and maybe I'm just, you know, sheltered because, like, I'm building up a shelter around myself because I just had to deal with Kyrie Irving for four years. But I don't want another diva who is an off-field distraction. I know Rodgers is an MVP-level quarterback on the field, hmm. but what he brings off the field, and, oh, by the way, it could only be for one year. We could essentially have Brett Favre 2.0 again. If you get a Super Bowl out of it, doesn't that make it worth it, though? Absolutely it does, and that's you're using my question against myself. <laughs> you're, using, you're using the one caveat I always... I always tell people, well, if you win a Super Bowl, is it worth it? Absolutely it is. Just not. But, but I understand the risk not being factor confident of that, in that. Of that move. Right. I do understand not being confident in winning a Super Bowl in this conference right now. I mean, it's really tough. No, and again, I, 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 you know, I was actually telling Ty this on, on, on Sunday before the Super Bowl for, on his show. No one's unbeatable. As great as Mahomes is, and you're going to like this, Richard from Manhattan called in yesterday on the K-Show. It was not a Don and Dick vehicle, but he still called in. And he put Mahomes in Koufax territory, where if Mahomes retired tomorrow, he would go to the Hall of Fame and be considered as one of the best ever. I do like it. I, I agree. So, shout out Richard from Manhattan. But... No, and I, I think he's right, and that kind of goes into the, this question of, and just to answer the the the, re, the repeat question, I think they can, and I think they will, mm-hmm. and I don't want to be stuck in one of those talking heads, stuck in the moment people. It was a transition year. They're going to get better. They're going to draft better. If, if two second rounders, or two seventh rounders, excuse me, can be difference makers on a Super Bowl run, and one score a touchdown in the damn Super Bowl. Right. What says that they can't continue to do this? And even if the enemy goes away, even if the enemy moves on to a different team and he goes to be the offensive coordinator for Washington for some weird reason or whatever, I still think it's Andy Reid, it's Mahomes, and weirdly enough, I trust Matt Nagy based on the way that Everyone in that Kansas City room talks up Matt Nagy. Yeah, I mean, it, there's no reason they shouldn't be considered the favorite next year. No, not at all. One last question. Yes. Is this a dy- uh, to, when to, talking about the Chiefs? Is this a dynasty? 
I was getting into this argument with uh, a gentleman on Twitter. I wish I could remember his name, but because it was an actual account, it wasn't like you know egg picture and you know Dave five four six seven. It wasn't that you know it right. was an actual person. But the debate, the crux of the debate was, in his opinion, you have to win three in a period of time before you're considered a dynasty. And my kind of take on it was, I get it. I think that works for the olden times. But in today's age, where it's so much tougher to win, and it's so much, you know, there's so many more teams, I feel like you can get to three. And if you win two of the three, that's enough. So I'm going to say that they are, with the caveat that I can understand people saying they're not. They need one more. If they don't win another one, and 10 years removed from this run by the Chiefs, we go back and look at Patrick Mahomes' run at two Super Bowl wins in, in four years. And getting to three in four years, and the only other time that he didn't get to the Super Bowl, he lost in the AFC Championship game. I think people will consider it a dynasty. But I tend to agree with the guy that you're fighting with. I think it's three. I think the magic number is three. If you get the three rings in a short period of time, if you can get the three in six, yeah, I think you're a dynasty. Yeah. I mean, look at the look. Look at your favorite dynasty of all time, the even year dynasty. Oh yeah. I mean, Perfect they, they won three in six years. I feel like I feel like I I get it. I I do feel like there are potential caveats though. Like, like the I think you can do it with two if there's certain other circumstances. Like, for example, the Giants, my Giants. You know, with the two in five years, that's not a dynasty because in the intermediary years, they missed the playoffs twice and they flamed out in the first round once. Whereas at the Chiefs, I feel like they have a stronger case even now because all five years they've been to the championship game. They've been to three Super Bowls. With the I mean, one of them they of the lost bucket. to the eventual... Actually, no. The one was the, the Philly Super Bowl. So... In either case, where they make it the championship game, they don't lose the eventual champion. That's a good point. So that that could have potentially aided them, where they're mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, well, at least they lost to the team that w- went on to win the ring. But right. that's not the case for, for this Chiefs team. But again, I do think I mean, you can when make push the comes argument, to shove... Huh? You could, like, you, like you were saying, you could make the argument because the Bengals didn't beat the Rams. You could make the argument maybe the Chiefs would have last year. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I, don't, think, I don't. I wouldn't, but you can. Yeah. I, again, I think history will remember this as a dynasty, but I don't, I don't think you get there unless you win three. And if you win back-to-back on the way to three, of, uh, I mean, that's, that's the extra cherry on top. Right. We will take a quick break. And we will talk about potentially the most rememberable, the thing that's going to be remembered the most about this Super Bowl. Rihanna's halftime show? Uh, I'm going to leave you with the greenie tees. Back after this. 
Hey kids, are those ancient records getting tiring in these troubled times? Finally time to get your ass off the couch and make something of yourself? Well, of course not, because there's yet another podcast you'll be recommended and not actually listen to. Put on your fun hats, we're on our way. You're damn right. All jokes aside, if you're a fan of the Grind Hours podcast with Joe Leo, you'll be right at home here. Want to know that the Ford Bronco is back? Guys, the Ford Bronco is back. Indeed, the Ford Bronco is back. Alongside those pressing news snippets, you'll get complaints about the Wilpons, Bobby Vanilla, and the New York Mets as well as riveting life advice from the resident love swami, Nicholas J. Parodies. I saw condoms in my son's plastic bag when we arrived at the house. Two packs with 36 each. Jesus Christ, dude. Subscribe at your local podcast depository, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. New episodes are posted weekly every Friday. For our weekly advice segment, please send us a message over at anchor.fm slash children's programming pod. We always look forward to hearing from you. All right, in the first part of this podcast, we talked about the impact that this Super Bowl will have on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. By the way, Nick, there are three quarterbacks, or now four, Mahomes is the fourth. There are three quarterbacks in NFL history to accumulate the lead, being the league leader in a season for passing yards, being the season leader in passing touchdowns, winning an MVP award, winning the Super Bowl, and winning the Super Bowl MVP. The other three on that list, Tom I Brady. Guess. Go ahead. I, Tom, I, I was going to say I was going to say Tom Brady. I'm going to guess Peyton. Yep, that's two. And Drew Brees didn't lead the league in 2009, I don't think. No, this is just in a career. Just in a career. Elway. Nope. One more guess. Uh, Joe Montana? Nope. Kurt Warner. Mmm. Interesting. So all three of them had to accumulate that over a career. Mahomes did that in a single season. Yeah. Pretty impressive. I don't know how you go up from that. Like, when we go back and look at his career, we're going to look at this year as potentially the greatest season of his career. I mean, if, when you put it in those contexts, it, it's a contender for greatest season ever. Uh, I don't know how you get better. Maybe lead, maybe you know, knock off Geno Smith for completion percentage. Right. But I don't know how you get much better than that in terms of a quarterback season. That's that's, that's incredible. But moving to the flag thrown around the world. I ask you, was it a flag or was it not a flag? Here's the thing. (laughs) It was absolutely a flag. It was, it was a penalty. He committed a hold. Yep. But in my opinion, two minutes left in the Super Bowl championship on the line. Just let the guys play. So there are three things here, three things yeah. that I keep coming back to. Number one, the man in question for the penalty admitted after the game 
he held the jersey and was trying to get away with it. Yep. So, majority of the people don't have a kick coming. If the man in question admits to doing... Like, if someone murdered somebody. And then you caught them. And then he admitted to the murder. Right. Are 40% of the jury still going to be like, Well, I don't think he did it. It's well, like, he, 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 he owned up to it. Well, it depends how he owns up to it. Did he own up to it by saying, yes, it was me, I, I, I accept my fate? Or did he own up to it by releasing a book called If I Did It, where if was in tiny letters? No, the glove fits <laughs> in this situation, and it's not freeze-dried. And he literally said, I was trying to get away with it. Yes. I mean, I don't, that's the thing. I, it was absolutely a penalty, and especially given that information where you can look up the clip of him saying it. I don't understand all the Eagles fans that were like, it was a bullshit call, it wasn't a penalty, they didn't want us to win. Stop yourself. And I, I actually feel bad for Bradbury because there's always one person that is the, not, th- this is the former version of what the GOAT used to mean. Where yeah. he's the, the reason why, and he gets all the blame, and I always feel bad for that person. Because there's always one in every Super Bowl, and I always feel for that person. And I it's times 100 because the losing team in this situation is Philly, and they're going to make Bradbury's life a living hell for the next, I don't know, millennium. Yes. So, but I do commend him for owning up to it and not hiding behind the excuse of, Oh no, they, you know, they were trying, you know, I didn't really hold them. It was a ticky tack foul. No, he, he, he admitted it. And I also commend the, you know, Nick Sirianni saying that wasn't the reason why we lost. There was plenty of other things we did. Why we didn't win. It wasn't just one play. So the team surrounding Bradbury and hugging him and embracing him and saying, it's all right, dude, you're not the reason why we lose this game is actually awesome and and he's right it's he's not it's not the reason they lost i mean they lost because they couldn't make they they didn't make the right adjust It, it, it wasn't even really like they lost because of a specific player a specific player they lost just because the chiefs made better second half adjustments and the offense the defensive line who was you know compared to the 85 bears they stop stop it. him. Yeah. So, no one is the 85 bit. This should show you, regardless of what stat, you know, compiling stats, because they're the only the only other team that have more sacks in a single season than this Eagles team was the 85 Bears. Mm-hmm. No one is the 85 Bears. No. Nobody. I didn't see Mike Singletary out of that field. I didn't see two tall Jones out there on that field. I didn't see the fridge out there. I'm sorry. The, there are two things in football that we that are uncomparable, and both have to do with defense. No one's better than Lawrence Taylor, and no defense in totality is better than the '85 Bears. Stop it. Period. End of discussion. If you compare them, if you compare anyone to Taylor or to the '85 Bears. I I'm putting earplugs in and walking away from you because you don't know what the hell you're talking about. You don't. 
it, it's nonsense. It's junk. It's garbage. And I, I don't want to even... I, I'm laughing in the face of everyone who said, Oh my God, this is the 85 Bears reincarnated. No. Stop. Anyway. While I get off my rant. Yes. <sighs> I need to take a breath here. Let's towel off, as they say. The second point that I want to make is would it, and I asked Larry and Gordon this question during one of the breaks would the outrage be greater if it was a no call than this ticky tack flag call I think it would be I do too um, especially if especially if it was like a direct result of the Chiefs losing the game which it would have been uh, in all likelihood, I think it absolutely would have been bigger. Um, and I even think I, 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 I'll go a step further. I think the only reason it's such a big thing here is because it's the Philadelphia Eagles, and they have no. Like, I don't think that. A- I think I think it's a couple of reasons why this is, and it, the reason for my argument why I think it would be bigger is also part of the reason why people are arguing why this is such a ridiculous call and it's because of what Goodell said during Super Bowl week about the officiating how it's never been better and he's extremely proud of the the officials I think it would have been bigger because we would have had 18 other cameras honed in on the right arm of James Bradbury yanking the jersey of Juju Smith-Schuster and everyone's saying, oh my god, the officiating's never been better. Great point. How do, how do you miss such an easy holding call? Well, we, we do know that Roger Goodell likes to make the wrong decision. We know that Absolutely. here on the show. But you can't tell me that it wouldn't... It would have led Mahomes' performance and how great Jalen Hurts was, which is also... He was tremendous at 306 yards passing, or 308 yards passing... A passing touchdown, and oh by the way, seventy yards on the on the ground, Super Bowl record. That's the thing, and a rushing touchdown, I believe, too. He had three rushing touchdowns. Three rushing touchdowns. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable. I mean, and an octopus. He had an octopus. He did have an octopus. Um, I mean, he he. I've I've called him the ultimate stat compiler before. He no, he wasn't stat compiling. No, he proved himself elite last night. This guy is a top five quarterback in the league. The Eagles are really to, lucky to have We will get to Hurts because he, he deserves his own couple of minutes of discussion. But getting back to the flag, I have one more question. One more yes. point. Do you really think it mattered that much? What? That's, that's the hardest thing you've asked me. Uh I'm going to say no. Right. It Because guess what? They would have kicked the field goal anyway. And they would have had to go Jalen Hurts, who, as great as he was, what is he known for if you know about Jalen Hurts through his college career? Choking. And even, even, even his NFL career up to that point. Yes. Choking. Not being able to to deliver. He wasn't the one that threw the 
the 50-yard bomb to Devonta Smith to win the ring in the old uh, Atlanta Dome in Atlanta for the, for the Crimson Tide. That was Tua. He was benched in that game. He had to transfer to Oklahoma. And even when he got to Oklahoma, he couldn't get it done in Oklahoma to get a ring in college. Courtesy of one uh, LSU Tigers. Right. And he couldn't get it done in the pros up to this year. And even this year, and again, I don't subscribe to this notion, but other people were putting this on him. It was a cakewalk of a year. So... I mean, I do agree with that to an extent. They had, like, like breaking it breaking it down-wise, they had the easiest right, we schedule. Went through, we went through that last year, but what gives you... I know he was playing great. I know he was playing great. But it's different when you're down and you have to go the length of the field to win the game for the Super Bowl. Right. There's a different pressure. And even if Hurts was tremendous, who's to say... You know, Dallas Goddard doesn't get a little nervous or A.J. Brown doesn't get a little nervous or or Smith doesn't get a little nervous. Like, and drops I mean, that's the thing. Pass. Only two guys on that Eagle offense were on the last Super Bowl team, Kelsey and Johnson. Right. I mean, it's and none, they can't the guy throwing passes. the ball. The guy throwing the ball has never been there before. None of the guys catching the ball have ever been there before. So there was so, a lot that could have – there were a lot of places that nerves could have entered into the, the fray. Right, and, I, you know, I don't want to, you know, use that against Philly. They very well could have went down the field and scored, and we could be singing a different tune. Oh, but yeah. just about – they would have had probably a minute and 49 seconds or thereabout, and one timeout. Actually, no timeouts. They would have had no timeouts. They would have had to go down the field with a minute and about 49, 45 seconds. With no timeouts and get in the field goal range or score a touchdown. And it's doable, but it's really hard for someone who's never done it before. Right. That's all I'm saying. He very well could have done it, but it's the, the odds of that are, are stacked against him. Nick, we have one more segment, my friend. Yes. We'll come we'll come back and we'll talk about some fun stuff and some serious stuff. I love it. Right after this. Do you miss classic pop punk? How about emo? Were you rocking some neon cartoon monster merch back in the high school days? Where did all the good times go? Well, worry no more, because I have the fix for your problems. A brand new band! We are the Bad Ideas, and if you listen to the Grind Hours podcast, you've already heard our song Firecracker many a time. The Bad Ideas EP is currently available on all streaming platforms. Just look for the cover art of a woman more beautiful than I could ever hope to be. Five songs of retro-modern pop-punk bliss for your listening pleasure. Delicious. And keep those red ties and eyeliner dusted off, because there goes the neighborhood. Our debut album is coming soon. It's practically here. Subscribe on YouTube and listen on any streaming service you wish. 
the Bad Ideas, your new favorite pop punk band. To put a oversized car commercial bow on this NFL season and the Super Bowl. Nick, I have two fun questions before we get into a Jalen Hurts discussion and a surprise for you at the end. Okay. So we have four things left on the docket. The two fun questions. How would you rate this halftime show? Number one. You can start with that. Eight out of ten. Eight out of ten? Eight out of ten. I thought she did a very good job. I thought it was a solid. Um, I'm. I, I. I'm. I thought Rihanna did a great performance. I thought it was you know choreographed very well. Um, I respect her for singing live for the most part. I could tell because she went flat in one spot, so I know it wasn't a backing track. Um, she did it all while pregnant, so she's taken that excuse away from people. <laughs> uh huh. No, I. I I, I'll, the one thing that I, I I was thinking was I I kept I was I might have said this to, to our chat but I definitely said it to, to my cousins and, and, that I was watching the game with like I was shocked that she didn't bring out a guest not to say that she needed one but just they right. usually have a guest and I kept waiting for like okay this is where Jay Z is going to come out to do Umbrella and it didn't happen. Okay, this is where ASAP Rocky is going to come out because they're married. Didn't happen. I was really hoping for Jay. And he was in the building. Yeah. He was in the building. When she started and... doing Run This Town, I was like, okay, this is what it... Because it wasn't going to be Kanye. No, no, no. <laughs> and I was actually... I was surprised because, you know, all I was talking... You know, I was talking, like, I don't think that she's going to do Run This Town or All The Lights because of the tie-in with Kanye. Mm -hmm. And I just think she was going to, I just thought she was going to distance herself from any sort of potential controversy. But at the same point, they are her songs too. Right. So I would give it a 6 out of 10. And people are going to jump me and say, oh my God, what are you talking about? It was amazing. It was. And she was phenomenal. But the reason why I would give it a 6 out of 10 is, one, and this is just a personal you know, personal reason, nothing against her or her performance. I wanted to see Jay-Z. I wanted Jay to come out during Umbrella, during Run This Town, and just give it that extra pop that I thought she was building towards. That's what I thought she... The entire time I was like, oh, this is really good because the payoff for this is going to be phenomenal. That's the, and the main payoff reason. was good, but that's, that's what I wanted to guess. That's the main reason that I, I have a hard time going above eight. I thought the performance as a whole was really great, but it, it definitely felt like it was building to something that never came to pass. And the other reason why I think I, I would give it a six is because she's like, I, I believe, eight months pregnant. Yeah suspended hundreds of feet in the air mm -hmm. on a floating stage. I kept waiting I was for like, Kirby oh my and Bowser God. to show up. Huh? I kept waiting for Kirby and Bowser to show up. Oh, yeah, you know, the, the, the Super Smash stage and the meme for that. And there's two memes from that. It was the, it was the Super Smash level meme 
And then the all of her dancers when they're running like this, yeah. where it was like when the bull when the, when a fight breaks out in baseball and the bullpen's clear. That was beautiful. Just the dudes, it, like that's my favorite meme. But that's another reason I was nervous because I was like, oh, it, God forbid something happens here. This is a tragedy. Like it's just a tragedy. Right. But. Not for her not performing for, I believe, like seven years, five to seven years. Yeah, it was a long ass time. No, she did a great job considering that she hadn't I mean, done it in she a long was, time. She was pregnant for and and of a, a new mother for for a large part of that. Yeah, but I thought she was great. And the other reason why I would give it a six out of ten is because I thought last year was a seven out of ten. And I didn't think she was, I thought she was on par with last year, but not better. Yeah. And again, I mean, I, nothing I, against Rihanna. That uh, We live in a day and age where what I said is going to be a slight against her and I'm going to get ripped on Twitter for it. <laughs> but I know what I mean and you don't, so I'm okay. Listen, 6 out of 10 is a positive rating. Next question. Yeah. Favorite Super Bowl commercial? Dave Grohl Crown Royal commercial. That was easy. He is an absolute god, and I love everything he touches. That was that one was good. Um, I liked the the I liked the Ozzy and and Paul Stanley one. That was a great one. He's like Lisa, you're a rock. I wasn't gonna say it. Hello, I'm Oswald. That was pretty good. <laughs> Um, I liked the Doritos with Jack Harlow, where he becomes Timmy Triangle from the Fairly mm-hmm. Odd Parents. Um, that was phenomenal. One of my favorites that you didn't actually mention was oh, before I get too far, I have to say this about Rihanna. Okay. I have to. Her fu to the NFL, coming out to bit, bitch better have my money. That F you, because she doesn't get paid for that performance. Right. So the middle finger immediately to Roger Goodell, I think is noteworthy. I can't believe I forgot to say it. But that I didn't even think me, about that, but that's beautiful, yeah. That to me, the onions that that had to take. And for her to just throw caution to the wind and say, screw it, we're doing this because I'm not getting paid for this. And... The cubes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick up two middle fingers to the NFL was tremendous. But there's two commercials that you didn't mention. One, the Tubi commercial. Where everyone in America, except for me, because I was raising my fist like this, like, yes, Tubi got him. Where yeah. they scroll over to Tubi and put on like a movie. And everyone's like, oh my God, what? Morgan even looked at her dad. I was like, what did you do to the TV? I'm like, no, no, no. It's a commercial. Relax. You're fine. You're fine. And the Ram premature electrocution ad where it's talking about like ED, but it's instead of talking about erectile dysfunction and not being able to, you know, perform in bed, it's talking about the long lasting charge of like the new Ram electric vehicles. 
Oh man, I I I missed that one. I must have been in the bathroom at that time or getting it was, another beer. You can look it up after. It it is it's so tremendously done and it's so, it, the the tongue in cheek jokes are just tremendous and I loved it. I loved it. Here for it. But I agree with you. For my favorite, it has to be the one and only Dave Grohl talking about why Canada is so awesome. And do you know the backstory for that no. commercial? So he had the cape that he drapes over himself at the end. Yeah. There is a picture of him backstage. I want to say it's 2008-ish. Okay. Where it's the same sort of thing. Where at the end of the, where he is at the end of the commercial, he is in this picture, and it's definitely young Dave Grohl. Mm-hmm. But also, do you know their pre-show routine? I imagine it involves Crown. It involves Crown. They take shots of Crown until everyone in the band is dying laughing, and then they go on stage. I like that. So that is the reason everyone's like, "Why the hell Dave Grohl's not even Canadian? He's from Ar- he's from Arlington, Virginia. Why why is he talking about a Canadian liquor? It's because of that. Because he loves Crown Royal and he he drinks it every night before he goes on stage. That's that's a, that's an awesome uh, that's an awesome stage prep. That might be up there with um, Green Day doing a mock sports chant, like a mock team <laughs> on three, as they're. Uh, also, Trey is the coach. <laughs> also, another shout out to Dave Grohl. I haven't tried it yet, but I will soon. KFC and champagne. Hmm. Get, a, get a bucket of fried chicken and sip some champagne. I like it. I like it. I can already tell that I'm going to enjoy this. My last question about football before we get to my my surprise for you at the end of this show. Would you now consider Jalen Hurts in the same conversation that you do Joe Burrow? Yes. I think he's I think he's easily number 4 or 5 in the league right now. I mean the the top 3 are Mahomes Burrow Allen, I think. That's pretty much not in dispute. I think Hertz has a strong claim to number four, and then you can go back and forth on who number five is. But I th- I he he definitely proved himself elite with that performance last night, and really just his performance all season. And I I think that he's absolutely in the conversation. A lot of people will come at me for being hyperbolic on this show today. I think he's number three. Ahead of Burrow? Or ahead no, of Allen? No, I would put Burrow two. My top three would be Mahomes, Burrow, Hurts. So Allen's at four. Allen's four. Is that because he hasn't gotten to a Super Bowl? Yeah, he hasn't shown up in that's the playoffs fair. when it matters. He hasn't shown up. That is, he hasn't that's... done enough to get his team to the next level. And I know it's a team game and there's 53 players on the roster. And it's not just one guy. But Mahomes showed you that how much one guy can do. And I will say, as far as the Allen discussion, not to bog it down too much, but this whole narrative that I've been hearing lately that Josh Allen doesn't have weapons, stop yourself. No, what are we talking Stefan Diggs, hello? 
Hello? Gabe Davis, Isaiah McKenzie. No, no, no. You stop at, you stop at, you stop at Diggs. Right. Period. End of discussion. The reason why he, he's even where he is right now is because of Stefan Diggs. If we were talking about this, if this was 2017, yes, he didn't have any weapons. He was throwing to Cole Beasley and I'm pretty sure three guys that aren't even in the league anymore. Right. But now he's throwing to Stefan Diggs. That's it. Stefan Diggs was the, I, I'm almost positive, the second leading receiver in the NFL this year. I, he's got to be, right? Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs. Got to be. I'm pretty sure, if not, Diggs is in the top five in terms of like targets, touchdowns, and receiving yards. So stop yourself. Now that we've put a bow on the NFL and the 2023, 2022-23 season is now all nice and wrapped up and there's, a, again, a, a he car was commercial f- size bow on, this, on the season. He was number three, by the way. What was Just, that? I'm sorry? He was number three. So you were okay. right. Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs. Right. So stop yourself. Yeah. Doesn't have any weapons. You have a phone. You have access to the internet. Look it up. Don't be stupid. Don't be stupid, stupid. <laughs> My last question to you, Nick, on this podcast. There's a reason why I'm wearing a Yankee hat today. Mm-hmm. It is officially baseball season in six days. Pitchers and catchers report in six days. I can't wait. What is your way too early World Series prediction? Hmm, I like this. Uh, way too early World Series prediction. Um, sight unseen, obviously. We haven't seen anything from even pitchers and catchers. Um. It's hard to overlook what the Mets did this offseason. Um, I think they plugged pretty much every hole. That, Steve Cohen wants to win a World Series, and he's willing to pay through the nose to do it. Uh, at least for me right now, sight unseen, it's hard for me to see anybody else coming out of that league. I mean, they've, okay. got, they've got two of the best pitchers of all time, both of whom have won the World Series before. They've got a lot of depth on the team, a lot of star power on the team. I think the Mets make it out of the National League. The AL, to me, is a little more up in the air. Um, I could see I could see Houston going back because they just always seem to find a way. I could see the Yankees. I think the Yankees are, are really well positioned for this. I could see the Blue Jays because they have a lot of star power. Hmm. But that said, I think it's I think it's either going to be the Yankees or the Indians. I think the Yankees are the most complete team in the AL right now, but the Indians have a lot of young, really good young players and young talent that I could that have started to gel together. Mm-hmm. And I think this could be the start of something special. For now, I'm going to say the Yankees make it out, and we have another uh, 2000-esque Subway Series World Series. But I could see the Indians getting there as well. And who do you have winning? I, I think the Mets win. 
round two. You didn't you didn't see this because you were in Cincinnati for this, but locally, mm. Uncle Stevie was paying even more money. He had a Super Bowl commercial. Oh wow! So, yeah, Mets fans locally, the, you know, the hype starts early for for the orange and blue. Yes, I agree with a lot of things that you said about the Mets. I think they're going to have a really good season. I think Alonzo could be in the MVP conversation. I think Verlander could be in the conversation for back-to-back Cy Youngs. I know it would be in different leagues, but he would be among on, on a real short list of people that would do it. I don't think anyone's ever done it back-to-back in you know switching leagues. I don't from think season so. To season. I need to look that up, but I, I don't think that's the case. Roger Clemens did it back to back on different teams, but I don't think it was. I don't think anybody's ever done it back to back different leagues. I know Scherzer's won it in two different leagues, and he's the most recent player to win it in two different leagues. Mm-hmm. But I'm really hard pressed to say that the Dodgers won't have. I know they're rebuilding. I know it's sort of a down year, but that team. Always finds a way to win. I'm not a believer yet in the in the Padres. As great as their star power is, they still need an alpha, and I don't think they have one. Plus, the Tatis drama is going to be something the entirety that he's out, and then for about two months after he's back. I wouldn't be surprised if Machado and him have to be separated yet again in that dugout at some point during the season. Right. So... I'm going to say Dodgers in seven of for the NLCS, Dodgers, Mets, NLCS. And, you know, I, I feel like Sports Illustrated right now. I, I like do. Because this is something that sport and it pisses me off. Because I, this is the reason why I hate predictions at the beginning of the year. Because Sports Illustrated for seven years picked the Nationals as their World Series champion. Those were good times, and then I think the one year they didn't predict them, they was the year they won. They won the yeah, they they won the whole thing. When they stopped doing it, when they finally like, all right, enough, we've become a joke even to ourselves. They stopped doing it, and lo and behold, the Nationals won the World Series. <laughs> but I think it's Yankees Dodgers. I do. I think, and Yankees fans will will scream at me, like they always do, and say. Donaldson's still on this team. Aaron Hicks is still the left fielder of this team. I know. Brian Cashman doesn't turn on his GM powers until the season starts. Right. He is a midseason fixer. He's not a go out and make tremendous moves and, you know, short-term moves in, in the offseason type of general manager. He is a, okay, what do I need to fix? He's Bob the Builder. I like that. Actually, no, he's not. He's Fix It Felix. Sorry. Wrong <laughs> wrong, te- wrong uh, children's reference. But So I think it's Yankees-Dodgers. And I don't want to pick against my team. I say Yankees and six. I respect it. I respect it. So that's my way too early World Series prediction. I hope I'm right. But... I also have something next year, and this is a bit off of SVP. Mm. Next, next September, week one, 
the wrapping up, the first wrapping up we do for the 23-24 season, we will make five predictions and then revisit them on the Super Bowl wrapping up edition. That sounds- I will keep them stowed away. We will have five, just five NFL predictions. They could be anything at all. Super Bowl pick, MVP pick, you know, who's going to be the first coach fired, anything. That sounds great. So that's that, that. That's a little preview for next year. Nick, thank you so much for doing yet another season of wrapping up. I of believe course. this is our fifth season together. It's been a blast. It's been fun. It's been real. So with that said, tell the people what you got going on because you got a lot. The Where bad idea. all that. The bad ideas. We're 14 days away from the album release. Um, in honor of Valentine's Day for the lovers, I have a special, special um, song coming out later today. It's another outtake from the sessions that did not make the album. Another cover. So be on the be on the lookout for that. Um, yeah, I I've been like nose to the grindstone getting this thing done. So haven't paid much attention to the outside world outside of like the Super Bowl and all of that stuff but I, th- I think everybody's gonna really like it uh, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have the album on iTunes uh, the 28th and Spotify and all that stuff we're gonna have CDs soon to follow um, I'm planning a deluxe edition for the CD so there's a little something special for you if you buy the CD you're gonna get some you know extra songs and demos and stuff like that. So, and then other than that, children's programming, um, we'll be back eventually. You know, we're busy people. <laughs> and then you can catch me on here. You can catch me on all social medias at Nick Parodies. You know where to go. You know the spot. The secret Uber word this week is, uh, The secret Uber week is or Uber Uber week. The secret Uber word this week is Kadarius Tony in honor of my joking MVP vote. I like it. I like it. Also, ju- one last word from me. Mm. You know, it was it was a running joke in our group chat. It's actually hyphenated, Gettleman guy. Gentleman guy. I like it. Nick, I will talk to you soon. Be easy. Best of luck mixing and, and mastering this whole album for over the next 14 days. I will definitely talk to you throughout the process. Be easy, my friend. Thank you, sir. Take care. On this side of the coin, at the fake J Leo on Twitter, jdatasports.blogspot.com, and of course, this podcast. If you've reached this point, please like, subscribe, share this podcast with anybody who you seem fit. If you're new to the show, please download the show. It means more to the show than you know. Huge thanks to the bad ideas. That's what I teased last week. That's what I teased. Nick's new commercial for his album, Here Comes the Neighborhood. We will definitely be promoting it a little bit more as it gets closer to release date, so be on the lookout for that. And of course, Nick's other venture, the Children's Programming Podcast. Again, as Nick said just a second ago, they are on a little bit of a hiatus, but they will be back soon, so go over to anywhere you get podcasts, search up the the Children's Programming Podcast, subscribe over there, you can check out their, their catalog. It's tremendous. I've been on it a couple of times. 
in either case, that is the podcast for the, for the day. I will have a Kevin Durant podcast coming out this week. I don't know when it's going to come out. I know it's been about a week since the trade. I'm still not over it. I still have feelings on it. It's just been too busy of a time for me to actually sit down and record the pod, but I'm going to record it. It's going to be out this week. Be on the lookout for that. As well as maybe, maybe another one. You might have three podcasts this week. Might. But until the, until that happens, it's closing time. <laughs> you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Peace.